ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and Welcome in. It's the Thursday, May 31st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining us. Going to be here till 6 o'clock this evening. We'll take your phone calls later on, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got a lot to get into. Game 1. The NBA Finals begins tonight. That's going to be over on our sister station. Program note, Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. I'm kind of curious, how many of you are actually going to tune into this? Are you excited that, once again, we've got Cleveland and Golden State? This could be maybe the new Lakers-Celtics, right? Is that what we're thinking here? I want to get your thoughts on that. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. Last night... We had Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was not the crazy shootout that it was in Game 1, but it was still pretty fun. The Washington Capitals get the win there. We're not going to get a goalie duel. I don't think we're going to get a goalie duel, but at the same time, there's some good goaltender play out there. The Golden Knights had 69 shot attempts in Game 2. They only really got a few... Anywhere close. I mean, 17 scoring chances on 69 shot attempts. And seven were really considered high-danger chances, which means chance of really going in. Great defense here. Um, special teams were really good for Washington. I think this is a series is going to go six or seven. I wasn't uh, buying into this. is going to be a quick series. Hey, and guess what? To the... To the dismay of Penguins fans everywhere, guess who had a goal again? That's right, uh, Alex Ovechkin, Ovi getting a goal. I thought it was fun. It was a great game last night. I'm looking forward to game three. Uh, Vegas cut down a little bit, the theatrics. That was good. Of course, you've got to embellish all this. Game two, they cut it down a little bit. Imagine Dragons were performing before the teams took the ice. Big deal. Vegas has really made this a big deal. And I don't know how many NHL purists are sitting here looking at this going, uh, I don't know. This isn't for me. This isn't my hockey. It's pretty fun. But we got a lot to get into. We'll talk some hockey later on NBA if we've got time. But uh, several things I want to get into, talk about, uh, especially with what's happening with the Thundering Herd. I'm going to save that for just a minute, though, next segment, because I really want to dig deep into those. But I want to talk about what's happening with Delaware, because they're going to begin offering Las Vegas-style sports betting at their three casinos. The state has three casinos, and it's going to begin on Tuesday. That makes Delaware the first state to open for business since the Supreme Court struck down the federal ban on state-sponsored sports gambling three weeks ago. Now, I knew that West Virginia wasn't going to jump right away. They still got some things to, to iron out on their end. But at the same time, Delaware's moving pretty quickly, so I hope to see other states, including West Virginia, fall into line pretty soon as far as offerings. After all, you made a big deal about having this, so... I would think you would have at least a strong game plan ready to go since it is now legal in the state of West Virginia. But Delaware Park, Dover Downs Hotel and Casino, and Harrington Raceway and Casino are going to begin taking single-game bets on baseball, football, hockey, 
basketball, soccer, golf, and auto racing starting at 1.30 p.m. Tuesday. Now, Delaware's offered parlay wagers on the NFL through the state lottery since 2009, which required bettors to make at least three picks per wager. They got about $46 million on that, and that was bet legally on the NFL in Delaware in 2017. But since the Supreme Court ruling struck down the restrictions, Delaware is among one of the first states to um, be in position to do this, and they're going to be the first to do this. So they actually already, they were probably in a better position than some because they were, they were just like a handful of states that received an exemption from this restriction. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992, going back a little ways in your history. But they were able to, I guess, leverage their know-how and get this going quickly because, well, they did have an exemption, but they were restricted to parlay wagers on only professional football. Now, starting Tuesday, single-game wagers are going to be allowed on anything except games involving Delaware-based teams. That's a pretty cool idea there, just because... Look, you can you can bet on everything, but we're not going to let you bet on the Delaware stuff. Would that be a rule in West Virginia? You can bet on everything except the West Virginia stuff. You can bet on Marshall elsewhere, but you can't do it here. You can bet on West Virginia elsewhere, but you can't do it here. I'm curious if that's going to be a rule or what West Virginia's restrictions will be. Delaware, this is uh, according to Governor John Carney, said in the release that came out today. Delaware has all necessary legal and regulatory authority to move forward with a full-scale sports gambling operation, and we look forward to next week's launch. We're hopeful that this will bring even more visitors into Delaware to see firsthand what our state has to offer. I'm curious... How many of you are going to pick up and go to Delaware to lay down some bets? Is that really an attraction? Vegas is an attraction. Nevada is an attraction, but more so Vegas. You're going to Vegas. It's an attraction. Destination. Delaware is just making an opportunity here to pick up some revenue. I don't think Delaware as a destination... You go to Vegas, you get the full package, and you're going to gamble as well, obviously. You're going to Vegas. You don't have to. You're not, you're not being pressured to. But Vegas is a destination where, as Delaware, I don't know what Delaware has to offer me that makes me want to go and, and drop some coin down. And, of course, we can all thank New Jersey, which was the uh, lead state on this. They've been battling for years. They are hoping to begin offering sports betting in June. They've got a sports betting bill, which is advancing in the legislature, and they're going to be voting that on June 7th. I would have thought they would have already had that just ready to go. Now, we're going to win this, so let's get this on the book right now. We're going to be able to do this day one. We get the ruling from the Supreme Court, and they give us thumbs up. We're ready to go. So right now, Delaware's up first. Up next on decks, probably going to be a combination of, in not this order, but West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Mississippi, because they have got everything in place now, legally, and they're going to start doing this. It's interesting to see where this is progressing. 
And of course, how soon will other states follow? Which kind of nullifies the whole, hey, come to Delaware, see what we have to offer, and drop some money down, and you can book a game or two. You can bet on everything, except Delaware sports. I'm curious to see what happens there. we got a lot of Marshall news to get into. Uh, we'll go down the list of what games are going to be televised where for the football team. We've got a Remington Trophy watch list nominee to tell you about. And, of course, basketball news and your phone calls. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Football season's almost here. At least that's what I'm hearing on the Internet. That's what I'm told every day. People are counting it down. Easy, easy. We'll get there. We'll get there in due time. It's going to be good. But we'll get there. Let's not rush. Let's enjoy summer first. And then we'll get to football. But to get you ready for football, though, we've got TV dates. Four games already with dates, and I'm sure more to follow. Two of the non—I'm sorry, three of the non-conference games of TV dates and Middle Tennessee. First of all, the September 1st game at Miami— it's going to be a 3.30 game on ESPN+. And we'll talk about all this in a minute. September 15th, the game at South Carolina. It's going to be 7.30 p.m. And that's going to be on ESPNU. NC State, that's a 7 o'clock game now on September 22nd on CBS Sports Network. And then Marshall Middle Tennessee, that's a 7.30 game on CBS Sports Network. First of all, a lot of you are going to have to, if you haven't already, get your subscription to ESPN+. Plus. Now, here's the difference. ESPN+, Plus is ESPN's new over-the-top subscription service. It's in addition to ESPN3. A lot of stuff that was on ESPN3 or Watch ESPN, however you got to it, has moved over to ESPN+. Plus. There's still a lot of content on ESPN3, but they're putting probably some of their more interesting, more inviting product. Things are going to get people to maybe check it out. They're going to put that on ESPN+. Plus. So if you're not going to Oxford to go see the herd take on Miami, you're going to probably have to drop some coin down. It's not that pricey even a subscription, but uh, there's not like a one-day pass, so you're going to have to bite the bullet and get a monthly subscription. But for some of you, that might be a, a perfect option already. So that's where that's going to be on September 1st. Now, Marshall on ESPNU on the 15th against South Carolina. Of course, you're getting the ESPN game again, and this time that one's on ESPNU. So cable, satellite provider, you should be good there. And then CBS Sports Network um, already betting heavy on the herd, at least early, primarily for the NC State game. That's probably going to be a good broadcast for CBS Sports Network, so I can't Imagine why they would pass that one up, and they didn't. So 7 o'clock there against NC State. Going to be a festive time at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I'm sure uh, the red carpet is going to be rolled out. A lot of activity for that one. I'm excited for this one. Marshall, NC State, a brief but interesting history between the two. And... It's probably going to be made out to be a really big deal. NC State's coming. That'll be a jam-packed 
venue. That'll look good. That'll look good on TV. The Eastern Kentucky game, eh, that's not going to look good on TV. But the NC State game, that's going to look great on TV. There's going to be a full house. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of NC State fans to, to come and watch that game as well. So that's going to be a made-for-TV game. And then Marshall and Middle Tennessee. Depending on how Marshall's season is going at that point, and I would anticipate Marshall will be in good shape, even though you look and see South Carolina and NC State there, and you're thinking, uh, I don't know, for you doubters. Marshall's got that Middle Tennessee game, good conference showcase game. Those matchups have always been really interesting. And really, Marshall, other than Middle, the only marquee game they've got, at least going by past experience, at home at least, is Florida Atlantic. So I expect that one to be picked up soon as well. But here's the thing. You've got Marshall Middle Tennessee playing on a Friday evening. That's the second straight season that has happened. I'll tell you what, that could turn into something. It's not going to be the 100 miles of hate between Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, but I think that Marshall-Middle Tennessee football game, that could turn into something really nice as far as a, a good rivalry there. But I'm sure we're going to see pickups for at least Western Kentucky You'd be crazy not to see a pickup for Western Kentucky, unless that's going to be done in-house. Again, there's still plenty of time for networks to say, okay, this is what we want, this is where we're going here. But CBS Sports Network, smart to get that NC State game and then that Middle Tennessee game. Very smart on them. I'm curious where that Florida Atlantic game's going. Because if things go well for Marshall and things go well for the lane train, that could be really an early marquee matchup in Conference USA, and I think a lot of people are banking on that. Marshall could be the team to beat Florida Atlantic. I've heard that. Florida Atlantic could come in here and show why they're right now top of the league. That's going to be a marquee game, so that's going somewhere. Uh, The rest of these games, I don't know where they're going as far as nationally. I would imagine Southern Miss might have some interest. Charlotte, I'm not sure. UTSA. I'm not sure as well. Those are home games. And, of course, FIU. And depending on how FIU is going. But I think we're going to see a lot of in-house. Remember, Marshall was able to produce a lot of content, and they still are, because now they can put a lot of that content up either on ESPN3 or they can put that content up on the Conference USA TV, their in-house herd vision. So there will be more announcements, I'm sure. But you're going to have to pay a little bit now if you want to watch that Marshall-Miami game. I'm sure someplace will have it around here locally. But if you want to watch it at home, you're going to have to pick up a subscription to ESPN+. Plus. won't cost you much. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Thundering Herd can do there. And, of course, going to Oxford. So opening the season and on the road, and then coming back against Eastern Kentucky, and then things really ramp up for the Thundering Herd. But that's not a bad TV start. That's definitely better than what I was expecting. I knew NC State would get something, and South Carolina I knew would get something. 
But you're going to get Middle Tennessee on CBS Sports Network. That's a good start. And then just depending on how everything else plays out, you might see a few more of these games. But you've got to admit, the top half of the schedule is a lot better than the bottom half. Charlotte's okay. UTSA's okay. FIU's okay. And I'm not talking about the teams itself, just interest. Southern Miss, of course, you always got to like playing Southern Miss. But really... After Florida Atlantic, you don't have a marquee matchup because your marquee matchups are Marshall Western Kentucky, Marshall Middle Tennessee, Marshall Florida Atlantic right now. Those are your big marquee matchups in conference. Old Dominion might show me something. Obviously, Florida is a hotbed right now as far as Florida Atlantic is concerned. FIU, we'll see. But first half is probably going to be the marquee matchups for television. More will be coming, I am sure. So we'll get you updated there. But I know everyone's asking, hey, when when are we going to find out when these games are on TV? Well, now you know. And get your subscription wallet ready for at least one of these games. I'm kind of curious. Are you going to see more of this? And ESPN is going to put a lot into their ESPN+. Plus. You know that. They've got the technology. They're trying to, of course, make that a different offering. And this is on top of your cable satellite subscription. This is, you don't just get this. you got to add to your package now. Like, hey, I already get ESPN online, right, because I'm a subscriber. Well, yeah, now you got to pay a little bit more. And, of course, for the college football fan, all right, you're going to get nickel and dimed. $5 here, you're going to have to get a pass to herd vision if you're going to do that. Okay. What else are you going to have to pay for? I mean, we're cutting the cable. We're going a la carte. Here it is. Your football enjoyment is going to be a salad bowl of options now. And with the TV schedule coming out, let us not forget that basketball is starting to really heat up. And I'll tell you what, we'll hold that, and we'll come back from break, and we'll talk a little bit about what the herd's doing in August. You know, it's not been a uh, state secret, but we got the official news today, so we can talk about it a little bit more. And still, we'll talk about who's on the Remington Trophy watch list for the Thundering Herd. That's coming up on today's edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me. And if you get an Amazon Echo, there's a great skill you need to be using to listen to podcasts right now. It's called AnyPod. All you have to do is enable your skill and then... All you have to do after that is say, Alexa, ask AnyPod to play The Drive with Paul Swan, and she will do it. Try it out. I'm going to do it tonight as well. We just got that enabled, so looking forward to uh, seeing how that works. So if you can't listen to the show live, now you've got another option, and you can just ask your Amazon Echo 
to enable that skill, and then you can use that skill to play the podcast. And, of course, also you can also go to the website, wrvc.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. So how many of you are going to go down to the Bahamas? Would you like to go to the Bahamas and see the herd? Of course you will. There's going to be a lot of people taking off in August and using this as an excuse. You know who you are if you haven't already booked this. But we got the official word today that the Marshall men's basketball team is going to be jumping ahead of a lot of teams because they're going to go on an eight-day trip to the Bahamas. They're going to depart on August 10th, and they're going to return August 17th. They're going to stay in Nassau before returning home to Huntington. So they're going to be able to take their squad early, get a lot of reps, a lot of practice here. That's a great opportunity. I'm surprised they haven't been doing this more often. And it's early work. So you're going to take a team that has four starters, three-letter winners. You're going to take a team that got to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 31 years. You're going to bring a team that has over 77% of its shooting, 87% of its three-pointers, and 82% of its assists from a year ago. Marshall gives me all the good stats. You're also going to have six newcomers on display, and you're going to have a six foot ten center who didn't get to play last year, sat out, I ran Bennett, and you're going to get to work with them early because you got a foreign tour. The NCAA rule is you get 10 days of practice prior to departing Huntington. So before you go out on your tour, you get to bring everybody together and practice. Genius. It's a genius move. And why, oh, why has Marshall not been doing this more often? I'll never know, money. But... Now, you're going to have the team head out to the Bahamas. The kids are going to get to know each other a little bit better. The newcomers are going to get to work with the veterans. Dan is going to be able to coach them up. He's going to see some things early. The kids are going to have fun on this trip. They're going to get to go to a new country. They're going to get to do things they probably never have done before. And they're going to practice together. That's the thing. They're going to get to practice together and also recruiting. Come on. Tell me you wouldn't be able to uh, get some kids interested if you say, oh, hey, by the way, we, we go to do this Bahamas thing. Now, not everybody does it, so this is a pr- pretty good play by the Thundering Herd. So they've got three games. They're going to play three games. Opponents have yet to be determined. And then they're going to wrap that up, and then they're going to head to the beach resort where they're going to hang out. They're going to experience a few things. And, of course, there are travel packages available. So you can join the herd and be a part of this. I mean, really, I don't know why Marshall hasn't been doing more of this, because you get the opportunity. I like this more than that global sports challenge. I know you get a couple extra games, and that's fine. You get some games you can win, but I'm of the point right now that I don't want to. I don't care. I don't want to see those. I want to see some better games. I want to see some better opponents coming in. 
I don't want to see just a easy win on the schedule. I want to see the schedule get better. I want to see less of that. I want to see some quality. And you know what? If Marshall is going to get better in basketball, you got to do things like this. You got to play some better opponents. You got to get your RPI up, of course. We know how Conference USA has been treated over the years by the selection committee. You could still have a really high RPI and not get invited because the majors are going to take up most of the spots unless you have an expansion, and that expansion favors the mid-majors. You're just banging your head trying to figure out what to do here. Conference USA is in that position right now, banging your head. Now, I like the format of the new schedule. I hope it helps. I don't know what the real tangible effect will be other than by the time you get through this here, if your champion comes through this top pod, they're going to have played the better teams in the league. They should have one of the better RPIs. They should be definitely better on the court it's a good plan. I do like it. It's innovative. It'll bring some attention. Other schools, other conferences might try it. But I give Conference USA credit for actually coming up with something. It's pretty pretty cool, actually, that, all right, the last few weeks when basketball is really heating up, we're going to put our best teams together. And I love what Dan's doing, getting this team out of country. They're going to get more practice time, more opportunity, more exposure. you got to strike now. Marshall, an NCAA team, Marshall's got a great story. People seem to like John Elmore, C.J. Burks. So you've got something to work with there, get people's attention, interest. This conference schedule thing, it's good, but TV's got to factor into this. The television exposure for this thing has to happen as well. And I mean put these games in a position where they can be seen by members of the committee. If you were telling me that, okay, Marshall's going to play Western Kentucky, then Middle Tennessee in this pod, and only way I can see this is on Herd Vision, Conference USA TV, BN Sports on their Facebook page. I think you're wasting your effort there almost. But if you could work something out where, okay, these games are going to be on CBS Sports Network, maybe an ESPNU, I don't know. I might even take an ESPN Plus, but you got to get these games somewhere where people can see them. If I'm a committee member, I would – think I would do my due diligence and try to keep tabs at everything, but if you make it easy for me and I just turn my television on, there it is, I'm good. We've not reached that point yet where see streaming services and all these other content providers have got the saturation, they've got the reach, that just turning your TV on and there's ESPN. Still hasn't got there yet. Make it easy for me. And that's what Conference USA has got to do. But at least I think Marshall's becoming a lot more aggressive in basketball. Doing a trip like this has really made this team 
better already just because you get more practice, you get more opportunity to go out and showcase your team. You're going to not hurt your team. I mean, you're going to go out, play some good competition, and you're not going to get hurt. It's not going to hurt your schedule. It's not going to go against. That's why you do things like this because you're going out there. You think Danny is going to be afraid to try some lineups? Probably not. I don't think he's going to shrink the bench. I think he's going to take an opportunity. He's going to go try to win. But at the same time, here's an opportunity. I'm not going to just put my five guys out here. I'm going to bring some guys off the bench. That's the point of this. Work these guys out. Bring them out a little bit. See what they can do. Because if you win, great. If you lose, it's okay. Because you got something out of it. This is one of the rare times where it's all right to lose. You don't want to do that, but it's all right. Because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. We're talking practice. Practice is what this is. But it's a great idea. Just got to uh, make sure that you're going to get some exposure out of it. Marshall's getting some work out of it. And then on top of the Conference USA schedule, got to make sure that those games, those upper pod games, I would maybe talk to my television providers and say, look, once we get to this point in the schedule, you focus on this pod. No disrespect to the other schools in those second and third pods, but you take your focus and put it on this upper tier of my league. That's what I would do. I would focus on that 100% because if, say, Rice is in that third tier, all right, you can you can stream their game. You can stream their game on the Conference USA TV. There you go. But I wouldn't have a single game from pod two or pod three on above and before those other pods. And you know what? This new schedule, ESPN's talking about it right now. We have ESPN on in the studio. And uh, pardon the interruption, they're talking about it right now. So, again, this is getting more attention. And I think if Conference USA can continue the momentum with what they've got here at the same time, make sure that people are seeing these games. That's the that's the kicker. you got to be seen. It doesn't matter. Hey, Marshall could win them all, but if somebody on the committee didn't see them, I think that hurts. But I like the way this thing has been directed as far as giving the best teams the best chance to be in the NCAA tournament. Of course, the problem is how many more bids will Conference USA get? Can you get a second bid? You're not getting a third. Not the way this is set up. You might get a second bid. Your Conference USA, a second bid's probably the best you can get right now. Thirds out of question. And then the NIT, you might get a bid. You might get one bid, two maybe. And then you've got the other tournaments as well, which I'm happy Marshall did not have to take advantage of the other tournaments. Television is important. you got to get these teams on, especially with this new schedule. It's, it's pretty cool. More on the way. We'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. 
Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to your Thursday edition of the drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Some good news today. Marshall Redshirt Jr. Levi Brown got himself named to the Remington Trophy watch list. So that's some great news. Um, He was uh, recognized in 2017 as one of five centers from Conference USA named to the list. He's a second-team All-Conference USA selection from last year. Helped, of course, anchor that offensive line. 11 sacks, that's it. That's all they gave up. That was fourth-fewest nationally. Nobody but nobody was getting to the quarterback. And, of course, Levi Brown was a big part of that. Now, you get about a dozen All-American teams um, selected annually. Uh, The Remington Trophy basically uses these kind of teams that are in these things to determine a winner. And you got the Walter Camp Foundation, the Sporting News, Football Writers Association of America. And... Because of the selections, um, these um, these All-American teams can take place. Um, you kind of get a mix of uh, offensive linemen that include guards and tackles. You can also sometimes have two centers. Um, the Remington Trophy Committee, their deal is they're going to count all players that play primarily the center position for their respective teams as centers. So, um, even though they might be listed as guards or tackles on the All-American teams. Um, here's how it's done. The center with the most first-team votes, obviously the winner. Uh, if there's a tie with first-team votes, and the center with the most second-team votes will win. If there's still a tie, the winner will be determined by a majority vote from the Remington Trophy Committee. Still, it's pretty honor, pretty good honor to be on this list. So that's good news there. We're going to start seeing these things roll out. And, then of course, uh, I know the preseason mags are coming out soon. I've already uh, had the office conversation that the mags are hitting the street. Does anyone buy those anymore? Is there anyone that really just goes out and buys the preseason mag anymore? I stopped that years ago. You know why? One, the Internet. The Internet helped. Two... They're so out of date. They mean nothing other than it's an opportunity to depart you from your money. I mean, it's a neat little annual, it is, and uh, the magazines that come out later in the game have probably a better uh, shot of getting it right, but a lot of these previews are done so far in advance. Really, by the time they get the print, it's maybe outdated information, maybe not fully up-to-date uh, one magazine I do like is the Phil Steele magazine, of course, because uh, Phil, he puts a lot of work into his stuff, knows what he's talking about, and his magazine doesn't necessarily hit the uh, street right away, but still, it's one of those magazines that has a lot of information in it, and it's pretty detailed. It's not pretty. I will say that for his magazine, it's not pretty, and that's okay. It's just jam-packed full of all the stuff you want. So if you're going to buy one, I'm not getting anything from this, but you can get a Phil Steel. I think you'd be okay. Or, of course, you can read the Internet. That's a thing. And really, 
the charm. It just used to be fun. I, I can remember the just the excitement of going to the store or going to the newsstand, the bookstore, wherever you would get your publication, and just pick it up. And, of course, the cover's the thing because they've got regional editions, and so the cover's the thing to lure you in. Oh, look, i got to get this because somebody you like's on the cover, so you get that. And, of course, you're, you're going to get different editions for different regions. And if you're in Ohio, you're going to get a Buckeye-themed one. Sorry, you're not going to get a Red Hawks-themed cover. You're not going to get a Toledo Rockets-themed cover. Sorry, you're not going to get an Ohio Bobcats-themed cover. Same thing for Marshall. Sorry, Marshall gets hosed on that, too. But I just don't see the fun anymore. It used to be you just you picked this up, and they would rank them. I remember publications would rank the herd, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not right. Or, oh, look, Marshall's ranked above all these teams, and Marshall's a 1AA. The excitement's not there for me anymore. For you, if it is, okay, that's that's great. I don't want to take that away from you, but... I don't know if I'm just going to drop down a whole bunch of cash for a magazine that's probably not going to be that useful to me in a few weeks or especially when I need it closer to the start of the season. But to each their own. All right, we've got coming up tonight on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. We've got game one of the NBA Finals between Golden State and York Cleveland Cavaliers. Airtime tonight is going to be 8.30. And, of course, on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30, we've got Pittsburgh and St. Louis, the Pirates and the Cardinals. That's coming up tonight. We're going to go on the air at 6.50 for that. So looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll be back here tomorrow to uh, talk about what happened between Game 1 with Cleveland and Golden State. Look ahead to Game 2 and, of course, get you set for the weekend. Uh, so, can you believe it? It's almost Friday already. So we've got you covered for all of that. And uh, Stanley Cup action, of course, this weekend as well coming up. We're going to have that. Uh, I think the majority of those games are now going to be also right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. That series is not going 5. It's going 7. Write it down right now. That series is going 7. Everybody's going to um, win on the other team's ice, and we're going to get to a Game 7, decisive Game 7 in Vegas. That'll be so fun. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. going to be back tomorrow getting you set for the weekend. Enjoy the rest of your evening, everyone, and don't forget if you miss any you can go back, catch it, wrbc.com. We're on Stitcher Radio. We are on TuneIn. You can also listen to the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Enable the AnyPod skill, and then ask Alexa to ask AnyPod to play The Drive with Paul Swan. If you have any problems, let me know. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Of course, you can find us on Facebook. Search for The Drive with Paul Swan or ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. That's going to do it for tonight's edition. We'll be back tomorrow to kick off your weekend here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.